Welcome to The Drift, your resource on all things business strategy, entrepreneurship, and leadership. I'm your host, Aloiza, and today's guest is Tori Johnston, Chief Marketing Officer of AKT. Tori has a wealth of experience in the industry through her work with brands like Pure Bar, SoulCycle, and Extendbar, and now she has brought her marketing and branding expertise to the Exponential Fitness family, overseeing all brand initiatives for one of the fastest growing boutique fitness studios in the country, AKT. Welcome, Tori. Thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's go ahead and dive in. Can you share with us a little background on yourself and what got you started? Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I love to share this story. Um, I began my career in a Fortune 500 company, really in a leadership development program where I got to rotate every six months into a different department of corporate marketing to really gain greater understanding of some strategic projects and initiatives. And that experience was absolutely incredible. And I decided that my passion really lied in advertising. So that job brought me to New York. And the second I landed in New York, I realized that I wanted to marry my passion for fitness with my career. So I began teaching pure bar classes on the side before and after work to really immerse myself in that boutique fitness phenomenon that was really hitting the posts. And at that point, I decided to join SoulCycle as a marketing manager early on in their history. Um, I was one of their first 100 employees. And over the course of my career at SoulCycle, the company really grew and I had the opportunity to really grow along with it. So I oversaw different marketing teams and strategic partnerships and events. And eventually, I became their director of new studio openings, where I was really responsible for opening all of their soul cycle locations across the country in a new market expansion. So when I reflect back on that experience, I loved every single minute of it, and I truly immersed myself in the brand and really gained the necessary experience that I needed to scale in open fitness studios, which is exactly what I'm doing today as well. So it was a wild ride and an incredible experience, but I decided to explore um, international fitness scene. For a little while with a company called Extend Bar and then was quick, quickly recruited away to join AKT where I am now uh, when they were acquired by Exponential Fitness in the spring of 2018. So since then, it's been an exhilarating ride, really growing this brand from the ground up and expanding into dozens of markets um, as we continue to really bring fitness um, to a wider audience than ever before. Oh, that's amazing. And I love the graceful transition that you also created from really from the ground, right? lending a perspective onto what it's actually like as an operator, and then ultimately paving a pathway into the marketing and branding space. Whereas the reality of it is with marketing and health and wellness, it's all about trying to find the right blend of being able to create those connections with your consumers. Because ultimately, I mean, health and wellness, it can be a very personal, and it is, and it should be a very personal experience for people. And having the knowledge, the background of what it's like to be able to deliver those experiences as a teacher, and then also flipping on the way around of actually opening studios so you know what it's like to create more of like that holistic 360 degree view experience for your consumers the second that they walk into that front door it really perfectly translates into what you're currently doing today in in your marketing role. So reflecting along those lines of like the in-studio experience, I kind of actually want to take a couple steps back and go back to your days at SoulCycle. Um, And honestly, it kind of goes to all boutique fitness, right? The role of the instructor, the role of the trainer, you know, thinking about SoulCycle specifically, the rise of the fitness creator has been such an interesting topic of conversation. And I'd love to better understand, can you share any perspectives on how fitness operators should now think about acquiring and retaining key talent? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we're currently seeing a job market that rivals that of the past 10 or 15 years being so difficult to hire new talent. 
and the fitness industry is growing by double digit percentages every single year. So we're facing this every day when we're trying to hire for our teams and our studios. Um, when I think about challenges facing the fitness industry now, it's absolutely hiring key talent and training them quickly as well. So SoulCycle really mastered hiring and retaining the best talent in their studios. And the instructors that rode the podiums every day, the supporting team members in the, in the local studios, the corporate office, every, everyone really was trained um, in the same methodology and around the same core values. But what made that tr- experience truly unique and every single employee really embraced their core values. So really getting dirty, community first, always saying yes, even when you don't want to or on the hard days, you know, really caring about the people that you work with and caring about those riders in your studio and caring how to um, you know, really make a difference in the people's lives that you come encounter with every single day. So it's those million little moments and things that really add up to that incredible experience that you feel in a, in a company culture, but you also feel in your local fitness studios. So I was lucky enough to have that experience at SoulCycle. I carry it with me every day now. And, you know, you never forget how people treat you and how they respect you in the workplace. So I know that I'll never forget that feeling. And I, I'm sure that the teams that I worked with felt the same way. But having to hire people and bring that into that same experience and that same um, cultural set of values is really the most important piece that I find um, for maintaining and retaining those um, key players in your business. Mm, yeah, that and I think that goes back to how, in a nutshell, health and wellness, it really is such a personalized experience. It's such a personal experience for people. And they're all going through their own journey. And um, with that said, I think it's wonderful that you're really touching on more this theme of the experience that you can deliver. And thinking about the experience, you know, there's so many different modalities of health and wellness now that consumers can go through. And along those lines, I want to understand, can you talk about the role that AKT plays in the ecosystem and more so specifically offering dance cardio as the modality, right? And said differently, I think a lot of um, a lot of different brands are starting to tap into so many different types of fitness concepts. So I'd love to better understand in your perspective, what is the market like with AKT? And then also are AKT consumers consuming other forms of fitness in addition to? Absolutely. So, you know, dance is not a new way to work out. People have been dancing and celebrating movement since really the beginning of time, uh, moving your body, letting out joyous energy and truly celebrating what it means to move your body each and every day is incredibly powerful. So at AKT, we take it one step further, and we truly believe that dance-based movement is understood not to only be the most effective way to achieve your fitness goals, but it's really the only exercise that is proven to nourish your mind as well as your body. So about 30% of our AKT members are members of other boutique fitness studios, big box gyms, or even have on-demand streaming platforms. But what we see the main differentiator is that AKT is the only dance-based concept that is scaling to all markets across the country and really offering that boutique fitness experience in cities and communities across the globe. It's not just uh, the East Coast and the West Coast now leading the way in boutique fitness in every single community across the country. And we've seen that as we begin to scale over the past few years. Wow, that's incredible. And I, my goodness, I feel like I need to really go inside the studio too because I'm... <laughs> You're exactly right. If you think about dance cardio in itself, it really has been around for quite some time. My goodness, it's probably one of the first forms of fitness if you think about it. Um, well, that's in, that's very refreshing, the space now that you are starting to shine a light on and the opportunities that lie ahead. And 
you know, you kind of touched on it too of how AKT is going to be scaling and it's going to be growing. So that obviously lends a perspective onto the type of growth that is going to be lying ahead. And ultimately, being an exponential fitness family, um, you kind of layer in the themes of franchising, the franchise world, what that all can really do for a company to help propel growth. And now going into your perspective, into your experience, um, being in the franchise space and also operating as a marketing executive across very many brands in in the ecosystem, how do you think about maintaining brand equity, especially as you continue to scale? It's a really good question. I mean, mass marketing campaigns really help create brand equity. And the power of a franchise is we can roll out those mass marketing campaigns to multiple markets at the same time. So when a company you know, has a positive brand um, impression or positive brand awareness, customers are willing to really pay that high price point for the products. And even though they could get the same thing at another competitor or another gym for less, this is where the boutique fitness industry has really made its mark. So customers, in effect, pay a premium price to do business with a company that they know and admire and that they see face-to-face. And our local franchisees are small business owners. They're part of their local community. And that's where customers really start to associate the brand with that personal experience, that higher touch point, and the perceived value. So, you know, the value of that personal connection, that one-on-one and that inclusive community is something that you really can't put a price point on. So people are willing to pay more. Um, You know, when you ask about maintaining brand equity as you scale, I, I really think about the six core values that I like to hang my hat on and things that are really important to me in my day-to-day job. So the first one's really awareness. You know, knowing that AKT exists is one thing, but we want people to know everything we offer. So AKT is more than just a dance-based workout. We we offer toning and circuit and resistance training classes. Um, it's also really important to reflect on our reputation. So just because people know your brand doesn't mean that their perception is always positive. So we start to dig into all levels of our quality of service, consistency of our classes being offered. We go as far to monitor our social media handles and make sure that everything that our brand touches is energetic and positive, just like our AKT team members. Um, Our reputation is made up of millions of interactions every day that we continue to grow. Our reputation of being the most sought after fitness workout and really delivering the most efficient and effective workouts are super important to me personally, but also to the brand as we grow. Then I think about differentiation. You know, AKT is very distinct from its competitors. Even as we, you know, if you've never taken an AKT class before, you know that, um, you know, this experience is like no other. So how AKT stands out is truly in its results and our members, the results that our members see. So it's not just about, you know, pounds or inches. It truly is about that full body transformation that allows our members to feel confident and more confident than they've ever felt before. Um, there are copycats out there. There are people who try to branch off and do their own thing. But, you know, really by bringing the best of fitness modalities into one unique, exciting environment, um, that's where you start to see and feel those results. And so we, we think that AKT speaks for itself and that that truly can't be replicated. Um, I also think about the energy, and this goes back to, you know, any boutique fitness studio experience. But as a franchise grows, the energy and momentum is, you know, the opportunity is huge. The sky's the limit. And so there's only so much dirt that we can sell um, in a franchise territory. So we're dedicated really to committing to bringing the best franchise partners into our family and supporting them for every step of the process so we can make sure that they can service more of those members, meet more people, and grow their teams and their businesses in every single market. Um, Their energy as local business owners and entrepreneurs is truly felt in those communities across the country. And that's what what motivates me every single day. So 
the last thing I like to think about when it's this brand, um, you know, equity is growing and scaling. It's really that we ask ourselves, is the product relevant? And the COVID bounce back is real in the fitness industry. Um, you know, the number one goal of our members is to improve their overall fitness and well-being. And we can do that. We know we can do that at AKT every single time. That's what we do best. And so that relevance is something that is really a home run for us. And in a post-COVID world, uh, we can do that more effectively face-to-face in markets that are experiencing AKT for the first time. So we believe that's really our relevancy for this boutique fitness product and experience. I mean, and then two more things to note here, just about brand loyalty. I've felt this at SoulCycle. I felt this at Pure Bar in my days. And I'm sure you, you've felt this way about other fitness workouts that you've had too. But we know that our brand loyalty is really measured by our customers that stayed with us, even through COVID delays, temporary closures, limited class sizes, mask mandates. They've continued to stick with AKT. So we continue to challenge them and challenge ourselves to see how we can be a part of that experience and really wow our customers every day at every touch point, you know, in even the most empathetic ways of supporting them as, in as many ways as possible. Um, we've made changes to our brand architecture over time, and it's only really made us stronger. So it's allowed us to re-energize our team and really focus on our strengths, kind of out with the old and in with the new. And then lastly, if this past year has taught me anything personally in, the, in our businesses and what we you know, see is the future of fitness um, is coming back to that flexibility. So I don't say this word much in franchising, but when we're able to really adopt technique and something that's for all fitness levels and all markets, we've been able to, to really make that part of everyone's fitness journey. And so many fitness brands are positioning themselves as elite or exclusive, and you can't really scale exclusivity, nor do you want to, or do I want to right? I want a place where everyone's victories can be celebrated. So you have to meet that opportunity at the inter- intersection of supply and demand. And, you know, exclusivity does not fall in that line of a growth chart. So we are here to be an inclusive community. And I believe that's why we've been successful up until this point. Oh my gosh, that was fantastic. And, you know, what's interesting and really incredibly refreshing about your thought process on maintaining brand equity and then ultimately how you're strategizing, how brand can play a role into the scale of a company is that you're layering into that emotional connection that the, the not only the corporate team, but the brand can have onto the consumer. You're thinking about the factors that you've laid out. It's not necessarily like marketing it's more brand and that's the power of it you're really thinking about how you can emotionally connect to the consumers to the studios to the operators to the trainers and really creating this like well-rounded ecosystem for the akt brand and i think all in all if you go back to the franchising world that's what provides not only a sense of confidence um but also a sense of respect between the franchisees and then the franchisor because now they feel this really perfect balance between having, of course, the autonomy to be able to make their own business and make their own decisions and, and drive their own businesses because, as you mentioned, they are the business owners, right? Um, but it also provides this sense of respect because they feel such a wealth amount of support from the franchisor, from the from the corporate team, letting them know that, hey, like we're doing everything that we have. We are 
diving in, we're making, we're doing the research, we're understanding what are the market needs, we're also understanding what are the trends coming up into the space, and we're providing this quote unquote playbook. We're, we're providing these uh, thought processes and strategies to help you implement it on the local level. And I think that's what creates this really perfect relationship between hyper local to regional to national lo- um, national level marketing efforts. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, franchising is made to be a business in a box, if you will. And so we turn over the playbook, but then we coach and we um, strategize and we really provide that um, guidance and strategy that's needed to run and improve and ultimately be the lifetime of your franchise agreement. And so we want franchise partners that are going to be committed to making a difference in their local communities that are also willing to work with us at the corporate office that are really working with our teams and taking the expertise that we have in the fitness industry and applying it to their local community. Oh, that's amazing. Well, kind of shifting gears a little bit, being that you are a leader in the fitness world, but also just a leader in general. They say that 90% of female executives actually played sport, right? And interestingly enough, we've got a perfect use case here. Um, You competed in collegiate sports, right? Can you share some insights on your experience and then perhaps if you've noticed along the way in your career, if there's any correlations onto how you now lead teams? a really good point. And I have noticed that over over the years of people that I've come in contact with and other people that I admire in the space. But I was a D1 athlete at the University of Kansas. So rock, chalk, Jayhawk to all my Kansas Jayhawks out there. Um, collegiate level athletics are interesting, right? You're young, you're capable, you're excited, you're physically strong at the peak of your game, and the experience is truly exhilarating. Um, but when I walked away from, from that experience is an incredible sense of self. So what I learned more than anything was to believe myself. And as a student athlete, you know, you spend 20 hours a week practicing. You're measuring effectiveness. You're tracking your metrics and performance. And you're trying to improve your personal performance and your team's performance little by little every single day. Very similar to the way we think about key performance indicators in the business, to be honest. But at the end of the day, it all really comes down to the game or the match, or in my case, a regatta as being um, on the women's rowing team. And it all, you know, puts all of your hard work on the line. So the pressure is really in representing your university of being part of that team, but you still have to be able to perform under pressure. And so I think those experiences have allowed me to make tough decisions under pressure, you know, to really rise to the occasion and truly believe in myself personally and professionally. Um, my, my ability as an individual, as a wife, as a mother, and as a coworker and as a leader, all brought by that confidence that I have in myself. Um, from from years of competing in sports and still, you know, having that competitive edge in what I'm doing. Oh, that's beautiful. And what's wonderful about this, too, especially kind of lending a perspective on the challenges that everybody has faced over the past couple of years. Um, I'm sure we don't have to talk about it because I think everybody <laughs> is talking about it at the moment. But your your background and your expertise of having that high performance mindset, it also layers in this thought process that no challenge is too challenging. There isn't a challenge that is way too complicated for you to be able to overcome. And that in itself is also another layer that actually provides franchising such a beautiful benefit for franchisees. Because ultimately, if you think about it, your background and how you've grown up, how you were raised, especially in the athlete mindset, it shows you that, hey, there's never going to be a situation where we can't overcome it. We're always going to be able to go through this. We're always going to pull through. And I think that's that's such a beautiful leadership quality. So 
still along those lines, you know, in your current role as the CMO, can you talk about how you thinking how you think about developing talent, especially of such varying skill sets? Because you're essentially managing so many different types of team members from designers to copywriters to strategists. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, early on in my career, I worked in an organ- a marketing organization that had over 300 people. And so everyone had a very specific division. And oftentimes my job um, as an entry-level position was to track down the SME or the subject matter expert to find the answer. And so I remember learning what SME stands for, subject matter expert. And that was a person that I had to find to get my project done. Um, When I began working at smaller companies or even startups, I really realized that the power of a generalist. And what I mean by that is it's somebody that has skill sets that can be applied to all areas of the business. So now when I'm hiring, I'm really looking for that passionate generalist. Um, Someone who has the skills, is willing to learn, grow, and try new things. And just because they're an awesome graphic designer doesn't mean that they also can't contribute to a badass marketing automation project or strategy. Um, And in fact, I think the most talented minds are people who can really think outside the box and outside of their toolkit. And I'm lucky enough to have some of those people on my team now. So I'm always looking for that passionate generalist. Um, rather than a very specific skill set. Um, also being part of the Exponential Fitness family, I mean, I have incredible peers. So for people who may not know, Exponential Fitness is uh, the largest curator of boutique fitness in the world. And our parent is the parent company of AKT, Club Pilates, Pure Bar, Rumble, Cycle Bar, just to name a few. So um, you know, if you know the quote, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Well, I believe the follow-up to that quote is really the smartest person in the room is the only person capable of learning. So I am a constant learner, student, teacher, and continually trying to be a better version of myself with the wealth of knowledge I have around me on a day-to-day basis. And my team members are a huge part of that at all levels, of all skill sets. Um, I feel like I can learn so much from everyone that's, um, you know, that's around me. So I believe that, you know, by surrounding yourself with smart thinkers really allows you to be in the top of your game. And I've experienced that in every single stage of my career. You know, influential peers and mentors that make you better at what you do. They spark your interest and they really introduce you to new concepts of, um, you know, kindness and generosity and how to extend that in the workplace as well. So to me, it's the type of person you're hiring rather than just the skill set. Oh, you're exactly right. And, you know, thinking about your response, it actually reminds me of the role of the athlete and being in sports. If you think about it, especially in rowing, you all have a role to play in the game. You all have a role to play on the team. And having that perfect balance of, I apologize to <laughs> I'm still actively learning about rowing, um, but you all have a different seat. You're all in a different position and you have to have everybody there. You have to all have your unique different types of skill sets to be able to make the team more effective. I think that kind of perfectly goes back into really the, the theme of how you've acquired your leadership principles because you actually played sports, because you had a background in sports. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, every single step of my career, I've gone back to those that drawing board of the types of people that I want to work with. And the skills that I've learned are definitely the soft skills and the hard skills um, when I'm you know, reflecting on my, my own toolkit. And so how I got to where I am or how I envision my future as a chief marketing officer or you know, anything that might be down the line is that I'm really thinking about um, you know, taking all those core principles of leadership and the things that matter to me most personally and applying those professionally because to me, they're one and the same. Those two things, you know, merge together to make them a successful um, 
entrepreneurs and really most successful business leaders. Mm, couldn't agree more. Well, with growth in mind, with scale in mind, any exciting things coming up that we can expect from yourself and AKT? So AKT is definitely coming to a town near you. Uh, we're opening dozens of locations this year. So check out the AKT.com to learn more about locations coming soon or even franchise opportunities in your market. So if you've always wanted to be your own boss or open your own business, maybe this is for you as well. Oh, amazing. Well, that's incredibly exciting. So final question for you. If you could give advice to a young woman that is designed to be a future entrepreneur or executive, what would you share with them? I have a two-part um, answer for you. So I would say consume as much as you possibly can in terms of books, podcasts like this, um, you know, networking activities, learn as much as you possibly can about an industry that you're interested in, or just the industry at large, and or even a completely different topic, right? Something that piques your interest. So um, imagine yourself as, you know, you're at a business dinner and you need to spark a conversation. You would be so much more interesting to talk to, or the best person to talk to in the room about a certain topic if you have relevant information you use. Um, I remember when I was in journalism school in college, they would give you a quiz every single morning on the news, um, top 10 things that happened the night before. And to this day, I still watch the news every single morning, um, just so I can remain top of mind and relevant on current, um, you know, current things that are happening in the world. So I would give you that piece of advice to really consume as much as you possibly can and keep your finger on the pulse about what's going on. Um, another piece of advice, totally separate, is that if you want to get something done, ask the busy person. Um, my mom used to say this quote all the time. And now that I'm a mom, I consider myself, uh, my, my time, a precious commodity, right? Um, that it can be used or abused or traded in at any time, but that time is such a precious commodity. So if I want to get something done and it needs to be done far too quickly, you need to ask a busy person for help and you'll learn how to really get stuff done. Um, I also like the quote that, you know, take one more, take on more than you can handle and handle it. And I've made some leaps in my career, moved into new departments, gotten promotions, joined a startup, or even overcome criticism and adversity. And you have to remain steadfast in your pursuit of passion and really holding on to your integrity, integrity along the way. So for me, it's continuing to really celebrate along the way. And I think that you can surprise yourself with all that you're capable of. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you, Tori, for your time. And as mentioned, make sure to check out AKT, a prescription-based dance concept deeply rooted in movement and positive energy. Looking to hear more about what's happening in the health, wellness, and sports industry? Subscribe to this podcast and we'll catch you next time on The Drift.